With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Just days away from the transfer portal tonight, we've got football. But coming up on the 5th of this month, we have got the transfer portal in football. And we are starting to see multiple, multiple people start to transfer. Look, here's the deal. First, let me go through a couple things. If you're going to transfer, can you just shut the hell up and transfer? I don't think we need these long-winded, I love my time in Dog Nation. Dog Nation fans, I will always be a dog. Hey, shut up. You didn't like Dog Nation. You didn't like your players. You thought they were jerks. The coaches weren't getting enough out of you. You weren't getting the ball. You didn't get the play. Whatever the reason is. The team isn't good enough. We don't think we can compete for the national championship. I want to go make more money somewhere. My mommy told me to come closer to home, whatever it is. But what's happening now in the world of college football and college basketball soon to come is guys are transferring and giving these long-winded, ridiculous, asinine, I love dog nation. I'll always be a dog. I'll always be a boiler. I'll always be a Hoosier. No, you won't. You quit. What do you want me to tell you? You quit. Transfer, most times, is another word for quit. I'll give you when it wasn't. My son left Michigan. He's a walk-on. He had a scholarship last semester. Beeline told him, hey, look, we gave you a scholarship. Love to have you as a walk-on. But you know what? Uh, You're a fifth year. We redshirted you. Let's see if we can get you a scholarship. He got one to Ohio State. He transferred. And I told him, there's not going to be this long-winded post on Instagram about, I love my school. You don't love your school when you transfer. You don't love your teammates when you transfer. You're not a dog for life or a boiler for life when you transfer. Speaking of boilers, Matt Painter came on my show a couple years ago when he had two clowns that have never been heard from since. A guy named Noel Eastern or Nogel Eastern or whatever the hell his name and another guy named Matt Harms. Both of them were starters. Both of them were playing a ton. Painter came on my show and said, yeah, they ain't boilermakers. Yeah, they're not. One went to BYU, played a little bit. The other one, I don't even know where the hell he went. He announced that he was going to Michigan. Michigan said, we don't know what you're talking about, No Gel. But, of course, both had crazy parents. Well, No Gel's mommy was all over Twitter. I don't know about harms. And Painter came on my show and said, look, these guys aren't boilermakers. They had to quit. There's no reason for them to quit. And he went through everything. He went through what they did for him physically, what they, how they helped him mentally, scholastically, how the staff, how the staff, including everybody else involved, went overboard for them. Now you're going to say, well, players can do what they want. No question they can. What do I care? I don't care. I'm just tired of reading from little Joey uh, quarterback. I loved my time. My time at, at, at Georgia or wherever the hell was so great. Dog Nation, I could never repay you. Yeah, really? Shut up. Here's your hat. What's your hurry? Don't let the door hit you in the backside. I'm tired. Like, we act like, well, if I just say it, it's okay. 
If I just say, Dog Nation, I love you. I don't know why I'm going Dog Nation. I just kind of feel like it. It seems right. It seems easy. I'm going to give you a little education on the transfer portal. Here it is. 1920 academic cycle, 4,757 football prospects entered a portal. You know how many found a home? 1,788. 38% of the prospects that entered the transfer portal. New beginning. At least, now that's not bad. I ain't mad at Cade McNown. See, I didn't even tell Dylan and Ryan I was doing this. I was getting myself fired up. But they'll come up with stuff. That's how good they are. So in 1920, we got what? 38%. How about the 2021 academic year? Of course, the number goes up, 6,250. 2575 found a new home. That's 41%, which means 59% of clowns that thought they were going to find a better situation somewhere else didn't. Now, all the while, the media is not going to tell you this. Of course, the media isn't going to tell you this. The media is going to tell you, this is great. This is great for players. No, it ain't. No, it's not. Let me ask you a question. No Jell Eastern, Matt Harms, where are they now? I don't know. They coming back to Purdue? Anybody going to give a crap? Anybody going to help them get a job? Of course not. This is the way coaches think. Media guys think, well, it's great for the players. Freedom, man. Free market. Unionize. Okay. You don't like it? There goes somewhere else. Yeah, it's worked out for a bunch of players, but uh, 59% of them didn't even find a home. This is the real deal here. 59% of players entering the portal 2000, 2001, did not find a home. 21, 22 academic cycle. 8,210. Of course it's going to go bigger because, man, you know, I'm going to go to this place and we're going to show them. We're going to kick their ass. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Yeah, good. Uh, 2001, 2021-22. 8,210 kids entered the portal. 3,332 found a new home. Again, ladies and gentlemen, 41% who entered the portal found a new place. 59% who entered the portal, did not find a place. In the last three years, 19,217 football players entered the portal. 7,695 found a new home. 40% of prospects found a home. That means 60%, 6 out of 10 kids, who left a nice situation in most cases. A comfortable, not a comfortable situation, but a, a situation they knew. To go find a better, brighter light. Now, that's not everybody. I get it. 60% did. Now, the idiots in the media and the idiots on ESPN and everywhere else are going to tell you, well, uh, uh, you know, free market. Okay. See, guys that are coaches have told you this ain't great for players. Guys that are coaches that actually know. Like, there isn't one, uh, well, certainly not one college basketball analyst that I know that knows anything other than Seth Greenberg and Fran Fraschel. These are, and now Tom Crean's joined. These former players that you've never heard of that do halftimes and stuff at ESPN, you're, these guys don't know their backside from third base. They're just trying not to be on Twitter. They're just trying to keep their jobs. But the truth of the matter is 60% of football players that go in the portal don't find a home. Don't find a home. So Nathan says, nothing is ever guaranteed. At the end of the day, the grass is always greener where you water it. 
There you go. The transfer portal can work out for some, but players need to really evaluate the why for their choosing to leave a program that gave them their initial opportunity. That's exactly right. I'm not even going to go and I'll bet you this. I'll bet you somehow, some way, it becomes racist. I'll bet you. Or it becomes insensitive. You won't hear about graduation rates anymore. You won't. About once a year, you may hear about whatever that thing is they call it, and everybody says they're 100%. I forget what it's called. But you mark my words. You won't hear about graduation rates. You won't. You absolutely will not. I'm telling you. Uh, you can't pander. you got to keep bars high. You can't pander to 18 to 22-year-olds. you got to keep the bar high. you got to demand excellence of people. you got to demand that people achieve because given their own devices, people will quit. Given their own devices, people are the biggest batches out there. I mean, the level of I don't like it is immense. It's high. It's crazy. But those are the numbers. I give you the numbers because you're never going to hear those numbers. You will not hear those numbers. Because every little white media guy that you see on TV or you read in the newspaper is trying to do two things. One, keep their job in an ever-changing device, uh, 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 divisive, no, not divisive, in an ever-changing diversity world. And two, not be called a racist. So if you say the transfer portal, the transfer portal is bad, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to get called a racist, so you're not going to do that. I don't know why you'd be called a racist, but that's what every single absolute single, single guy in the white media. Hell, white media is telling you we got to listen to LeBron. Hey, look, uh, uh, Iran's getting nuclear weapons. Phone LeBron. See what LeBron has to say. No, uh, I'm not interested. I, maybe you are, but that's the beauty of our country. I'm not interested. I, I'm not. You want to ask LeBron something? Ask him a basketball question. You want to ask LeBron something? Ask him an NBA question. But anyway, I just got off course right there. <clears throat> but the truth of the matter is, that's, well, that's why. People ask me all the time, why don't we, is the transfer portal that great? You just heard the answer. No, it's not. When 60% of kids that enter the transfer portal can't find a new spot, the transfer portal is not great. Period. Period. Just isn't. Now, maybe for some, well, what about, you know, Slappy Johnny? Okay, it worked out for him. What about uh, Fast Eddie, Easy Rider, my buddy Frank, my other buddy Joe? That's four out of five. It didn't work out for Shut up. Just telling you. I'm not saying you got to agree. I'm not saying you got to disagree. I'm just telling you how it is. You're never going to hear this from anyone else. You're never, ever, ever going to hear this from anyone else except for me. At least among the white guys. So what are you going to do? Tell you what else you're going to hear from me. Bill Belichick's lost his fastball. It's time for him to go. Look, I understand. He's Belichick. He's won a million games. He's the man. He's the gazda. Bill Belichick has gone 7-9, and 10-7, and seven, and 6-6 six and six since he lost Tom Brady. Now, I don't know. Is that the GOAT? Does that get you fired at other places? It shouldn't Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick should never be fired. I'm not suggesting that Bill Belichick should be fired. What I am suggesting is Bill Belichick doesn't have it anymore. So Bill Belichick should make a decision. Bill Belichick should either be the head coach or Bill Belichick should be the GM, but not both. Time's passed him by with this. He needs a young, fresh look. I thought last night watching them play the Bills, you had one modern NFL team and one 
old NFL team. And let me explain what I mean by that. Modern NFL team has a versatile quarterback. Now, maybe, you know, in Indianapolis, we talk about generational, but we usually do it with left guards. Don't get me started. But the Bills look like a team that was built modern. Great wide receiver. I mean, great quarterback. Great wide receiver. I mean, do I need to say it again? They just look like a team of weapons. Bill Belichick's New England Patriots look like a team that was getting ready for Michigan in 1970, and Woody Hayes was behind the, co- behind the curtain pulling the strings. They looked old. They looked slow. Frankly, they looked ridiculous. They had no shot in the game. Actually, I had bet them as part of a parlay, thinking Belichick in the points. No, uh uh-uh. These two guys apparently don't like to look at each other. It's a great picture. If I was uh, Belichick, I'd hang it on the wall because, you know what, this game signaled the end of Belichick, and I'll stand by that. You can get mad, glad, angry, or sad at me all you'd like, but I'll stand by that. Belichick, my backside. Popovich, my backside. Kerr, great, just won a championship. How did he do? Ladies and gentlemen, without Clay Thompson, when they were banged up 15 and 50 and 39 and 33. You don't have players, you ain't going to win, period. You're not out scheming anybody in any professional sport anymore. You're just not. Back in the day, you could. Now, you can't. Belichick, one or the other, let's go. Let's go, one or the other. It's that simple. It ain't that hard. It really isn't. I'm sorry. People are going to make it hard, but all you had to do was watch that yesterday. Now, you got to understand the NFL media, other than Armando, who's going to join us in a minute. The NFL media is scared of their own shadow. The NFL media, if we're not kissing the you-know-what of the all-time legends, they're afraid that they are going to be left out in the cold. So nobody's going to tell you what I'm telling you, which is Belichick go. One or the other. Coach the team or be the GM. And if you can't work with a GM then you're the GM, but we're going to get a coach in here. If you can't work with a coach and a, 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 as the GM, then you got to go. It's that simple. Look, hey, we're not paying for past performance. Paying for past performance is bad business. Belichick is the king of not paying for past performance. Is he not? Tell me I'm wrong. Belichick is the king of getting rid of a guy a year before. Wouldn't it be ironic if they got rid of Belichick a year before, at least as a coach or a general manager? Just think about that. All the guys over the years that Belichick has said, adios, they've gone, they've played a year, they've been okay, and then they're out of the league. Well, guess what? Might be time for him. Fact, it is. I was watching last night. It is. I got a sixth sense about these things. It ain't that hard if you've been stuck in a film room with Bob Knight for 12 years. You learn a lot of stuff. You figure it all out. All right? Give me your thoughts on Deshaun Watson. I think there's still women coming out saying Deshaun Watson attacked them, raped them, whatever you want want to say. 33, look, I get it. I get it. Deshaun Watson is untouchable. I understand it. We all understand it. He went through. He got punished. All of a sudden, here we go. In Texas, where he formerly played, where he did all of the things that he is accused of, that's where his return is this week. And don't tell me the NFL, oh, well, they just, I don't know, it just happened. Come on, man. Armando's joining us. 
Armando, Deshaun Watson, what are you thinking? What are you thinking on this situation? Well, I think that it comes at a bad time for the Houston Texans because I know that there's a lot of people in Houston that don't appreciate Deshaun Watson very much. A lot of them are Texans fans who would normally be at that game. If the Texans were any good, except the Texans are 1-9-1 and and they're going to find something better to do on a Sunday than go hate on somebody because they can't love on their team. So what Deshaun Watson is likely to see is a watered-down version of what he should expect the rest of the season while he's on the field. He's going to get a lot of vitriol from fans in the stands, except that there's not going to be a lot of fans in the stands at the Texans game at NRG Stadium on Sunday. You think he should be playing? Do you think this has been handled right by the league? Well, I mean, uh, they haven't asked for my opinion, Dan. (laughs) But honestly, the league wanted a one-year suspension, okay? So that's what it would be if the NFL had the full say-so over the punishment. The actual discipline officer, the independent discipline officer, came back with a six-game suspension, and the league uh, appealed it. So they wanted a bigger suspension, and they got 11 games. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. But is it more than what it was? Yeah, it is. Now, do I think he should be playing? Look, um, we got a a coach for the Arizona Cardinals, an assistant coach, who went on the road trip with the team to Mexico and groped a woman, reportedly, allegedly. Let me throw those in there so that your show doesn't get sued. Anyway, he came back to the United States, and he was fired. That's it. You're done. Deshaun Watson did that much and more to at least 2000, um, 2000, 24 women that allege that he sexually abused them. And I do use the term sexually abused because, again, the independent arbiter, Sue L. Robinson, said that the NFL proved that Deshaun Watson's actions rose to the level of sexual abuse. That's memorialized. That's not someone's opinion. And yet, here he is. He's playing football this Sunday. So one guy gropes one woman, and he's done, and he's out of the league right now. Another guy gropes at least 24 of them, and he's playing on Sunday. What do you make of that? Why? Star power? Why? Because the one guy, the coach, cannot throw 30 touchdown passes in a year. And obviously, it's early on in his situation. And the other guy, Deshaun Watson, has thrown 30 touchdowns in a year. In fact, he threw 33 the last year that he played. And so... People find a way to forgive guys like that. Um, You know, 
Jimmy Johnson, who I covered in the NFL decades ago, and I also covered at the University of Miami, he would explain to me and others that he would treat every player equally, all of them the same. But some players, he would treat, his words, more equally than others. And what <laughs> he meant by that is Jimmy Johnson one time had a player fall asleep in a meeting. And again, his words, he cut the guy because he fell asleep in his meeting. And he said, if that guy had been Troy Aikman, what would have happened is instead of cutting the guy, Jimmy would have kind of slid it over to him or slid over to him and said, hey, Troy, wake up. <laughs> we're, we're, we're meeting. Wake up. Would not have cut the guy. Rules are, are fine and dandy in the NFL, and a lot, you know, obviously everybody has to abide by them. But on the margins, the good players, they get breaks. It's just, it's just the way it is. And I would say to you, that's the way it is in society, man. I mean, great-looking people like me, we get breaks. Uh, you know, people yeah. that aren't as great-looking as me, they don't get breaks. That's just the way it is. Boy, you know, you're you're talking about my entire life. I mean, whether it's wherever I go, uh, they look at me and they go, you go around back. You get in. You go. You don't need to stand in the line. Let's bring over the bottle. You know what I mean? I, I know exactly. Armando, when you look like this or you look like you, we, we it, it, it's, um, it's a cocoon that we live in, right? It's just a cocoon, <laughs> you know? Hey, uh, how do you anticipate – on the field, how do you anticipate Watson playing? What, 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 what's the level right now for him, you think? So there's a story up at Outkick.com. Joe Montana missed uh, 615 days, and I know it's a long time ago. He missed 615 days from 1990, his last start, to 1993, which was the first time that he – returned to starting for the San Francisco, uh, rather for the Kansas City Chiefs after being traded from the San Francisco 49ers. And Joe Montana didn't throw an interception for eight starts. He was good. He was still Joe Montana. Oh. But he thinks that Deshaun Watson, it's going to take him a minute, uh, that he's going to be probably pretty average at first, and that it will take him some time to number one, get rid of the rust. Number two, this is a new team to him and a new offense to him. And this is the first time that he plays in anger in that offense. He played in that offense in the preseason, Dan, and he was one of five and didn't look very good. And But that's preseason and it was short, you know, a short and a small sample size and no game planning. So... My guess is that eventually Deshaun Watson will be Deshaun Watson. But if you're expecting and if people in Cleveland are expecting Deshaun Watson to save their bacon and basically turn what is an under 500 team into a playoff caliber team, that's going to be hard. You know, uh, a lot of people starting to talk about your Miami Dolphins. 
lot of people saying they might be the best in the entire AFC. Where are you at with that kind of chatter? Yeah, they're drowned out by people who talk about the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> because um, the Dolphins are 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 a huge um, revelation this year. Mike McDaniel, who I uh, met with in the preseason one-on-one and was very kind to me, and one of the things he said to me was, if it starts to go bad, don't kill me. And, you know, it hasn't gone bad for him. And so it's pretty impressive what he's done in bringing Tua Tungavailoa into a tent where last two or three years he felt like he was an outsider and not wanted. And, by the way, the team actively tried to trade to replace him. And the guy they tried to trade for, hmm, Deshaun Watson. So – People forget that it was the Dolphins who were on the verge of making a trade for Watson last November, not not 2022 November, 2021 November. And they were the only team that came that close until the offseason when he was actually traded. So they obviously have have turned the corner on Tua. Tua has turned the corner on Tua. He wasn't sure that he was good himself. And there's a story about how he would get in front of a mirror and ask himself, am I good? When a dude who's playing in the NFL is asking himself, am I good? He's got he's got to rebuild his confidence level a little bit. Mike McDaniel helped to do that. And obviously now they are one of the top teams in the NFL. But a elite and at the very top, I think I'm going to stick with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid until they prove me wrong. That's like that. That's like that SNL skit. You may not be old enough from a hundred years ago. I'm good enough. People like me. You know. I mean, what are we doing? I mean, I, hey, look. I will say this though. I, I always told players this: whatever you gotta do to play better, do. I I've told a player, look, I, same player, same player. Kid was great for me. I said, look, one of two things is going to happen here. You need to lay in a dark room and visualize the game, or you need to come to the game early, and I'm going to hit you in the back of the legs with a baseball bat. One of the two things needs to happen, because we got to get you playing better. So if Tua wants to stand in front of a mirror, God bless Tua, in my opinion. God bless him. Do whatever you got to do, Armando. Yeah, uh, I don't envision Tua as Stuart Smalley. I think that's the guy that you were – talking about I remember being a kid and watching that and going this guy needs to grow a pair I'm out I'm done it's late on Saturday night it's time to go out why am I watching this doof um so so I'm with you that didn't resonate with me too much I did I'm with you I just know that when I I'm good enough I'm smart enough, and by God, people like me. All right, Jeff Saturday in the news. Our beloved Colts here. Uh, Two questions. One, what do you think of the whole situation, and what do you think is going to happen with the whole situation with the Colts? I think they're going to hire a coach not named Jeff Saturday to be their head coach (laughs) at the end of the season. And I think that the search will include Jim Harbaugh. 
Um, so those are the two. How's that for headline one and headline two? No Jeff Saturday. Talk to Jim Harbaugh, who's done a pretty good job right up the road at Michigan and played for the Indianapolis Colts. And I remember I'm old enough that Captain Comeback. That was I covered the AFC championship game where the Colts uh improbably were in that game again. No, it wasn't the AFC championship game. It was a playoffs. Uh they went to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. I covered that game. I remember it was a playoff game. Jim Harbaugh threw a Hail Mary at the end of the game that was right on the money and almost got caught and would have, you know, shocked the entire NFL world. The guy just played with tremendous, tremendous energy and urgency, and he was a quarterback. He played like Josh Allen, except that he doesn't have Josh Allen's body. And so that was what happened with Jim Harbaugh, or, by the way, his arm. That was what happened with Jim Harbaugh as a quarterback. I think that ownership remembers that. He's done a good job, a very good job at Michigan. He's got the Ohio State uh, albatross off his shoulder. So, uh, and he, by the way, last year was flirting with returning to the NFL. He actually interviewed with the Minnesota Vikings. You know, it's interesting. Uh, you know how this goes in cities, particularly a small town like Indianapolis. Because Harbaugh is coming here for the B Big Ten championship game tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. Uh, by the way, you can see it on Fox. Um, everybody, not everybody, but hey, look, I saw Jim Harbaugh and Jim Ursay at St. Elmo's. Harbaugh flew in early to have breakfast with Ursay, and now he's flying back. You know what I'm saying? I mean, in our town, you know, we actually have people that track Ursay's plane, so I'm anxious to see where it was today. But that's absolutely the rumor, and I don't disagree with it. I think fans would love it. Right. So I didn't – now, let's be clear. I don't know that they're going to hire Jim Harbaugh. Um, he's a viable candidate right. if he wants to, but talk to him. Look, if they don't, if they deny it, if they don't go in that direction, the next question is, why the hell not? What's wrong with you? Because he's been a successful NFL coach. He's been a successful college coach. He's a, you know, he, he knows what he's doing. He brings people that are more than capable to the job. He has a ready-made staff. What's the issue here? Uh, obviously, they're going to go through the entire interview process. That process will include a Rooney Rule or two or three candidates, and they're going to abide by all the rules. But if you're asking me, the I don't like Stuart Smalley guy, Jim Harbaugh is a great candidate. I agree. Let me, let me, let me just go quickly with you. And I'm going to do this with you again later on in a couple weeks. How many openings will there be in the NFL moving forward? Like Kingsbury, people talk about. Uh, Colts. There's a, poss Carolina. there's a possibility. Yeah, there's <laughs> Denver is going to be open in my estimation. Uh, that's going to be a one and done situation. If 
unless you know the Hackett's rally. Uh, even this week, he he made a blunder with Russell Wilson that you probably don't have time to get into. So so that one's likely going to be open. The Chargers are a very talented team that have been uh, kind of under the radar, and they should be better. I know that they've been injured, but Brandon Staley, he, he, there's no guarantee of him returning next year. Um, uh, obviously, Carolina is already open. There's there's maybe one or two others. I would say a handful of places. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because we've already seen some. We're going to see more. Hackett, you mentioned. Hell, I don't know what's going to happen in Tampa Bay, right? A lot of people are complaining about the offense there. Was Tom Brady? Uh, yes to 10. No is one. All right? Chances Tom Brady ends up with the Patriots ever again. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Thank I know you. that the Athletic Thank reported you. that. Yeah, I look, um, Tom Brady. Tom Brady at the end of his tenure at New England, he was done with Bill Belichick. A lot of respect for the guy, a lot of appreciation for what had happened over a, a you know a 19, 20 year span, and. Uh, a lot of great memories, but also he was just the guy. Bill Belichick is a great coach, but he's exhausting, exhausting. And Tom Brady was exhausted. And moreover, what was going on with the Patriots in 2019, the last year that Tom Brady was there, continues to go on. And that is Bill Belichick, the general manager, betrays Bill Belichick, the head coach. He's not been good at it. Uh, he doesn't realize that the NFL is about gathering playmakers. Still, I mean, the best year that they had, arguably, and I know that they didn't win the Super Bowl, but the best year that they had was 2007. And what happened in 2007, even back then, when the game wasn't as frolicking and free-flowing and open to offense as it is now, they went and traded for Wes Welker. They went and tr and and, and uh, acquired Randy Moss. They supplied weapons for their quarterback. You look at what the Patriots have been doing the last five years or so, they got no weapons on the outside. They have no speed. They have no playmakers. And shockingly, their offense is middling and not very effective, and you get Mac Jones on the sidelines cursing the coaching staff, telling him to throw the bleeping ball and get it deep. So I think Tom Brady, who's a very smart dude, he recognizes this, and he adds this to the idea of, why do I want to do this, do this again and, and repeat the cycle? I don't think that's what he wants to do. Uh, my guess, and here's my guess, I would say to you he's more likely to not play than ever return to New England. Well, I, I totally agree with that. Last thing, OBJ, is he going to play, play in Dallas, play in New York? What are we waiting on here? 
Well, I think they're they're done with dessert now from last night's dinner. So uh, his visit to New York ends today. He's going to Buffalo, where Von Miller will will you know be very included in the wine and dine and recruiting of OBJ. And then obviously he'll go on to Dallas. Be very aware. The Kansas City Chiefs are lurking. They like to lurk. They're lurkers, Dan. The Kansas City lurkers. And so be aware of that possibility. And I know that the Baltimore Ravens have had some discussions, although they're not quite there yet. OBJ wants to sign a multi-year contract. And I think eventually, just like he he figured out that nobody was going to pay him $20 million dollars, in the spring, he's going to find out that nobody really is probably going to pay him multi-years without seeing him play uh, and recovering from uh, an ACL surgery, not his first ACL surgery, by the way. Appreciate you, my friend. It's going to be a great big sports weekend. You have a great one. I always appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Armando. My pleasure, man. All right, we come back. I got a roundup for you. I got Kyrie. What? Uh, not Kyrie. I got uh, Kanye. What the hell are you doing? Antonio Brown's lost his mind. Chris Paul slept with a Kardashian. The world is insane right now. And I'm here for it, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Is it possible, is it possible that a billionaire can go from a billion to homeless? Seriously, is that possible from a billion to broke? Like, I get it. People go and win the lottery, and next thing you know, they're like broke, right? I mean, we've seen that. Taxes, the new car, the shoes, as they said in, uh, I forget what show, oh, the shoes, two and a half men. Is it possible? Is that what Kanye West, a.k.a. Yee, is trying to do? Is he trying to be the first billionaire to ever go broke? I don't know. We got a little video of Kanye West. Look, you can say good things about a lot of people, but you're not slick. You're not woke. You're not smarter than everyone else. If you say anything good about the worst human being to ever walk the face of the earth, Adolf Hitler. If you say a good thing about him, you rightfully lose the right to have anybody ever take you serious. But this idiot did this. This complete dumbass that gets paraded around like some genius, some artist, said actual good things about the worst human being in the history of the world. I think we have them. Do we have them? I think we got them. You're not a Nazi. You don't deserve to be called that and demonized. Well, I, I, see, I, I see good things about Hitler also. 
the Jew, I love everyone. And Jewish people are not going to tell me you can love, um, you know, us and you can love what we're doing to you with the contracts and you can love what we're, you know, what we're pushing with the pornography. But this guy that invented highways, invented the very microphone that I use as a musician. You can't say out loud that this person ever did anything good. And I'm done with that. I'm done with the classifications. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table, especially Hitler. I I don't even know what to tell you. Like, I, I don't know if he wanted to say even Hitler I don't know, but I got to tell you, just because a guy invented a microphone, just because a guy got wide streets so that he could march and show his power, uh, doesn't make you a good person. Doesn't mean you added anything of value. Eventually, somebody would have figured out a freaking microphone, you stone idiot. Uh, Eventually, somebody would have figured out, hey, let's pave some roads here, uh, as opposed to being on dirt with horses, you stupid fool. I mean, I'm so tired of the dumbest among us getting these freaking platforms and acting like they're so deep. The dude, I think he was wearing a mask. I mean, what the hell are we doing? Just because a guy got people to march to show his power over his own people and use the highway, you complete jackass, doesn't mean even a little bit that this guy was good. And I know you said especially Hitler. What that would mean is Hitler is above anybody else that did good. Are you crazy? It's the exact opposite. He is worse than anyone that has done bad, you complete jackass, dumbass clown. And I got to tell you, let's talk about the Kardashians here for a minute. She married that idiot. This icon, this woman that everybody points to, most mothers point to her and her family, a band of idiots, as being the downfall of women, these idiot Kardashians. And oh, by the way, of course, there's a rumor now that this idiot Yee or whatever his name is put out that Kim Kardashian slept with Chris Paul while married. How do you believe that? How do you believe anything this dumbass said? And I'm so tired of guys because they can sing or play basketball, uh, whatever, of having these deep opinions. Bull crap. This dude is about as deep as a kiddie pool. This dude is about as smart as my dumbest day. What are you talking about? He made a microphone. <laughs> you think he did? Yeah, idiot. You think he did? And so what if he did? Somebody would have figured it out. Alexander Graham Bell might have had to figure it out. I don't know. I don't know who came before who. You're looking at idiots. You're looking at stone dumbasses, one on the left and one on the right. And the dude sitting there with the bald head that you can see behind Wes is an idiot too by osmosis, meaning osmosis, I'm touching this clown. Oh, guess what? I immediately become a dumbass. That's just what it is. And I don't care what you call me. If you stand up for this guy, you stand up for all anti-Semitism. This guy has studied it, and he's an anti-Semite. This guy is more than that. He's just a dumbass. He's dangerous. And the guy he was talking to, Jones, is as bad as him. I would argue if you're in the same room as Kanye West, get the hell out so his level of stupid doesn't jump out of his body and onto you and attach it to you like a freaking pox, like a leprosy. This guy's such a freaking idiot. Man, am I tired. Oh, he's deep. No, he's as deep as a kiddie pool. He's as deep as my head of hair. God, it pisses me off. 
People act like these guys become, well, you know, he's a great rapper. He ain't nothing. There's not a damn redeeming bit of quality about it. And then he goes on a rant, and who knows? Okay, so what? Chris Paul had an affair with a Kardashian. That's what Kardashians do. You see a basketball player, they spread it. What are you talking about? It's what they do. It's who they are. Jesus. Hey, something's going bad. Let me take some clothes off. I'm Kim Kardashian. Look, don't worry about that I support a a company that's involved in child pornography ads. No, let me take my top off. Look at my ass. That's what they do. That's all they've ever done. Things go bad. Wait a second. Look at me and my thong. Oh, okay. Hey, I just took uh, uh, fat out of my cheek and put it in my ass. Look. Oh, my God, you're so beautiful. No, you're not. You're a pig. You're horrible. You're the worst. The worst. Awful. Married to that guy. You're not smart enough to know that guy's an idiot. You ain't smart enough to be on ads. And get your mother off the ads, too. People make me sick. They do. This guy is the worst of the worst, and this idiot and her family embraced this idiot, had kids with this idiot, and you think the guy just became an idiot? No, he's always been an idiot. I don't even want to hear it. Sees good things about Hitler. My ass. My ass. Drives you nuts. And then, we're, oh, you know, he's really deep. Really? Well, okay. Deep this. Uh, let's see. Hugh Freeze. He should have gone to the Big Ten. He's looking at guys' ankles. There is a report that last chance star Brittany Wagner recalls a time that my man, Hugh Freeze, recruited players and asked to see their thickness of their ankles. I, I'm going to tell you, you guys may not understand this, but high calves, thin ankles, athlete. I was in the supermarket. And Anthony Costanzo was a really good left tackle for the Colts for like 10, 12 years. He played every game. He's in there, and it struck me, man, look at this guy. You think left tackles are these big, strong guys. No, thin ankle, high calves. Costanzo looked like a basketball player. He looked like an athlete. Doesn't get hurt when you got thin ankles and high calves. Let's see a little video here of our man talking about our man. First thing he does when he meets a player in person is he asks them to see their ankles. Their ankles? Mm -hmm. He wants to see their ankles, or he wanted, when he was recruiting our players, he wanted to see their ankles. I saw it live and in person multiple times. He says that that has never felt him. A player, you can tell how athletic a player is by how skinny their ankles are. Mm -hmm. I was standing in the hallway and he was like, hey dude, lift lift your pants leg up. And I'm standing there thinking like, what, what the, hell is what the doing? hell's going on? And Christian lifts his pants leg up and he's like, all right, we're good. And I said, I was like, coach, what, what the heck was that about? And he said, Brittany, it's never failed me. If a player has skinny ankles, they're super athletic and I need athletic guys on my team. Yeah. See, that's two idiots. They're talking that, that lady and that guy, if you don't understand that, like I'm not saying you should go around and creep and look at ankles, but when you're at a basketball tournament, and you're recruiting players, and damn right you're looking at them. Of course you are. You look at their eyes. You look at how they react. You look at their body language. You look at their shoulders. You look at the length of their arms. Of course you do. I mean, and that's just two idiots there. This lady's acting like she's all disingenuous, and this guy's like, oh, my God, what are you talking Just two people that don't know their ass from third base when it comes to what athletes are. Now, look, he's wrong about that. It would fail him because if he looked at my ankles, I have the skinniest legs in the world. 
And in the world, there's nobody, I have no muscles in my leg. I have a rolled up muscle on my left thigh because I, I snapped it. But anyway, long story short, he would look at my ankles, think I'm athletic, and I would have him fooled. Thick, uh, thin ankles, high calves. Anthony Costanzo, look him up. I'm telling you. So these two idiots, they're trying to talk about sports. And, and Brittany here is trying to say, well, whatever. But no, she doesn't know anything. Neither The guy's worse. Oh, my God, my ankles? No, of course you do. I mean, look, if you want real, now you can criticize me for that, but that's real. You're sitting there at an AAU event, and you're like, yeah, he ain't athletic enough. How do you know? Thick ankles. Why do you think we call the, uh, the Big Ten the Thick Ankle League? My friend Lem, Rob Lemley over at ESPN, he's a big, uh, he's a big, big East fan, UConn basketball. He goes, yeah, you, you, you Big Ten guys, you're all the Thick Ankle League. And he's right. Big fat lineman with big thick ankles. Just telling you. Anthony Costanzo, look him up, thin ankles. All right. Former Vikings and current, oh, Vikings and former Arizona Cardinal Patrick Patterson says, Kyler Murray don't care about anybody but Kyler Murray. Oh, boy, that's a shocker. I am stunned by this. I cannot believe that he said this. This is unbelievable. All you had to do, all you had to do to know that Kyler Murray had something going on that wasn't going to lend him to be Joe Montana, even Lamar Jackson, as a leader, was watch the interview Dan Patrick did with him. I believe it was at the Final Four when Kyler Murray was coming out. It was legitimately uh, the most uncomfortable, ridiculous interview you've ever seen. Now, that girl, Brittany, that was just talking incredulously about ankles, uh, she would not understand what I'm saying. But I remember thinking as a general manager, there is no chance I want this guy. He's a talent. He may be a super talent, but he's going to let you down every single time just based on that interview. I'm kind of a savant with this thing. I remember telling Ryan Rossillo on his show on ESPN when he was bragging and going on about the Knicks getting Crispus Porzingis. I said, yeah. I said, they're going to get the number two pick in the draft. The number two pick in the draft usually changes a franchise around. Christmas Porzingis got bad eyes, and whoever drafts him, if it's the Knicks, ain't getting out of the lottery with Christmas Porzingis. Guess what? They never got out of the lottery with Christmas Porzingis. Rosillo and all his little minions went nuts, didn't understand. What are you talking about? Coaches absolutely understood. I got more comments on that from current and former coaches that I ever got on anything else I did. They go, that was genius. They go, and the guy you were talking to had never coached, never played, didn't understand. But I'm just telling you, I'm watching that interview with Kyler Murray, and I'm like, look, his talent better over outweigh his paint in the backside dumb. Paint in the backside dumb. That's not bad. No, seriously. If it didn't, I mean, why do you think? Why do you think? They put in that four-hour-a-week study rule. Why do you think they said don't be on video games while you're doing it? Because the guy's a pain in the backside. The guy, according to Patrick Patterson, who knows, is about himself. He's going to do what he's going to do, and Patrick Patterson called that out. I'm just telling you, this isn't true. You want some weird play. You got my number. If you really felt like this as a big bro or mentor, 
you supposed to call me and tell me, not drag me, so your podcast can grow. Yeah? Okay. Why not? Why is every, what, what? Let me ask you a question. I will bet you this is what happened. You know, if you listen to this show or any of my shows, I tell you the same thing. There's always a backstory. There's always a backstory. I'm telling you, there is always a backstory. And that backstory, I bet you money, is that Patrick Patterson got tired of Kyler Murray, got tired of reaching out, got tired. And so finally, and this is what I do on my shows, and it drives people nuts because they don't understand it, Patrick Patterson is actually helping Kyler Murray if Kyler Murray is smart enough to understand that being called out is a good thing if you listen to a veteran, your mentor, your OG, your big brother, if you actually listen and not be a dummy. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I honestly couldn't care even a little bit about this. But we put it on our show. We all know what Kyler Murray is. Don't at me about it. All right, man, police were looking for Antonio Brown. Police found Antonio Brown. And Antonio Brown is holed up in his house. Now, let me ask you a question. How does this end well for Antonio Brown. How does this end well? He is in a standoff with police. Battery charges, domestic violence between he and the mother of his children. He threw a shoe at the woman. He's locked himself in the residence, isn't cooperating with police. So why don't you go in and get him? Why not? I mean... You don't really have to. I understand you don't want protests or whatever, but there have been multiple attempts, according to Twitter, to take Brown into custody, but there is not an ongoing... He's not communicating. They weren't sure. This is at 3.30 yesterday. But they did not want to risk officer safety over misdemeanor charges. Good for them. But I also got to tell you, how does this end well? How does this end well for Antonio Brown? It doesn't. These things never end well. When you see people losing their minds, when you see people doing the things that Antonio Brown was doing, this does not end well. And now when you got the police outside, this does not end well. Yeah, you can hang out in your house. Fine. It's just a matter of time. Look, it's a misdemeanor charge. You face the charge, you get your lawyer going, and you try, try, try to move on. But I keep telling you, and I tell you this every day, put your hands in your pockets. Guys, I don't care. I don't care if you've drank a gallon of vodka, whiskey, 27 beers, and two bottles of wine. Put your hands in your pockets. Just keep that in the vault. No matter how mad she is at you, Put your hands in your pockets. Lock yourself in a room. Vomit all over the room if you have to until you get sober. Just put your hands away. Do not touch a woman. And I'm going to say it every stinking day. I got some shocking video for you. And I don't know. I know we're supposed to run everything by LeBron James. So my question, LeBron James, you guys make a ton of money in China. 
uh, as Ennis Cantor said, as soon as the season's over, all, all you NBA guys run over to China, try to go to China. Uh, let me ask you a question. Let's show the video. That's insane video of the government literally taking people out of their homes to quarantine. The government health officials in Hangzhou City in China are going door to door, taking people out of their homes and putting them in these quarantine camps. Uh, LeBron, your thoughts? I mean, I'm, I'm dying to know because we must run everything through uh, you, LeBron, your thoughts. I mean, if we're going to run everything through LeBron, let's, uh, let's do it. Um, I, LeBron, your thoughts. I mean, I'll ask, I'll ask about everything. LeBron, your thoughts on Jerry Jones. LeBron, your thoughts, um, uh, on this video. One video was 70 years ago. Another video as well, you know, yesterday. I mean, you know, tell me. I'm dying to know. But that is as disturbing a video as there can possibly be. And I got to tell you, I used to not believe this. I used to not believe that things like that could happen in the United States. But with the Biden cartel, as described by Representative Jim Banks, congressman, with the Biden cartel and all of his minions, I wouldn't be surprised. Not even a little bit. I don't think you would be either by anything going on. So I'll ask LeBron on Twitter his thoughts. I hope he gives them to us because it's really important that a guy that puts a ball through a hoop tells us his thoughts on China, particularly when he's making a ton of money off of China. Uh, There's a lot going on in college football, man, including tonight the Pac-12 championship. Heisman Trophy on the line, spot in the college football playoffs, revenge on the mind of USC. We've got the SEC. We've got Purdue. Uh, in the college football playoff, taking on Michigan tomorrow. I, it's a monster weekend, so when it's a monster weekend, we must talk. We must, ladies and gentlemen, talk to Trey Wallace when we come back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, last hour on Friday, we got to talk college football. It is a monster freaking weekend. And don't forget, it all starts tonight on Fox with the Pac-12 championship, Utah in Vegas against USC. lot to play for. We got the Heisman Trophy going, college football playoff for USC, revenge, Pac-12 championship for both. Trey Wallace joins. We got a big weekend, big boy. Let's start. Let's just start with tonight. What's going to happen? What are you seeing? 
Man, I look forward to this one, Dan. Good to join you, buddy. I mean, this is like Pac-12 championship Friday night, sold out, Las Vegas, you know, Allegiant Stadium, whatever it's called. Bring it on, man. Like, this is a uh, – this rematch, man. It, it happened, you know, a while back, but, you know, Utah won 43-42. That previous game on that two-point conversion – Everything that's on the line tonight for USC, uh, making the playoffs, making a run at a national championship, Caleb Williams, Heisman Trophy, like tonight is going to be fire. I, I this this could end up being the best game of the weekend. I, I'm I'm stoked for this one between uh, and what a great quarterback name too with with Utah's Cameron Rising. I just I love it. Bring it on. Who's the better team? I think USC is the better football team. Uh, I, I do. They got the, the better quarterback. I don't know about the running back situation just because when Dye went down uh, with his knee injury. Um, I, wide receiver-wise, Jordan Addison out there, the, the pit transfer. Um, I think USC is is the better football team. But, you know, we, we've seen teams recently that are playing with USC – um, go back to the UCLA game for a little bit. Go back to the Notre Dame game. Um, like this is the, this is the type of setup where everything is riding on USC making the playoffs and finishing off this season. Like, and then you've got Utah, where they're just coming in. They snuck in the back door to get into the title game. They got nothing to lose, man. So the, putting it out on the line tonight, this one could be very interesting for the Trojans. I'm telling you, this is going to be a good game. I am bad. You are good. I am wrong. You are right. But let me ask you a couple of things. I'm going to go to the Big Ten championship game. So you get the one guy who's been arrested, all right, the lineman. He, he, he's yeah. facing felony charges. The backup quarterback, Cade McNamara, just announced that he's transferring to Iowa. And Blake Quorum is out. Look, the coach in me says, this is bad. We got arrest, that Maisie guy. We got this guy transferring. And I got a freaking running back that's out. Donovan Edwards was great. Don't get me wrong. Is there hope for Purdue because of all this ancillary stuff? I think there is. And Aiden O'Connell, Purdue quarterback, man, talk about a, just a, a rough week for that young man uh, with the loss of a very close family member if people hadn't read up on it. Um, this is, But this is one of those games where with everything, you know, Michigan coming off that Ohio State game, you know, what, what's, what's their high look like going into this one? You know, you're going to face a Purdue team that you think you should beat up on but you're doing it without Blake Corum. Um, what happens at the quarterback situation if J.J. McCarthy gets popped, you know, and, and he goes down? You know, we were talking about defensive linemen, like weird timing, right? Like the guy gets arrested back, you know, I think it was a, a month ago, month and a half ago, and then he turns around and he's able to play. And, um, like, the circumstances surrounding this one would make me want to pick Purdue. But I look at the Michigan roster and that defense, and, and I just think they're they're really good. Um, but Purdue's going to come around. I mean, you know this, Dan. Purdue's going to come around and just try to sling the football. I mean, you know, and, and, and if they can, if they can get in a rhythm, 
uh, on offense. I think they're going to make this a sneaky good game uh, for maybe three and a half quarter or something like that. And Michigan maybe pulls away. But if if the Wolverines come out unprepared, and I mean like unprepared in a sense of they're not motivated enough, uh, they're, they're overlooking, ah, oh, we're already in the playoffs, we're all good. Like, don't let's not, you know, we don't have to worry about this one as much. I'm telling you. It could be a game where they slip up in a championship and, and and Purdue ends up taking it. So I'm just saying, you know, don't go out and throw all your money on Purdue or anything like that. But I do think this one's a closer than the old experts think, as somebody would say. So this one's definitely going to keep an eye on it tomorrow. You know, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you see the man who's in the screen with me. He told you last week, right on this show, right at this time, that Clemson – was going to beat, or excuse me, South Carolina was going to beat Clemson, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just saying, you know, things aren't always as they seem. And when you got smart guys like my friend Trey here, sometimes they know. All right, speaking of no, all right, I'm going to go my my thing first. I think Georgia beats the hell out of LSU. I don't know why I feel that way. If Jane Daniels can't go, or at least isn't 100%, I don't see any way that LSU can hang in here other than Brian Kelly's teams always seem to hang in there. Give me your take. Georgia big, LSU hangs. What are we doing? I mean, look, if Jaden Daniels is is not 100%, which I don't think he's going to be 100%, like, period, yes, it presents a major problem for LSU. But you you go back and you have to – you know, somebody somebody told me it was Shane, it was Shane Beamer told me that you know what Brian Kelly has to do is is once they lost that game to Texas A and M, you get on the intercom on the plane and you're like, you know what? Okay, we got to put that one behind us. We're playing for a championship, you know, next weekend, which is tomorrow. So I I look at this LSU team and I think they bounce back and I actually think they make this one a game. Now I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm saying this this 17-point, 19-point spread that's out there right now, Dan, I have a hard time getting behind that at the moment because I do think LSU is a good football team. I think they got tripped up in College Station. Um, and, and looking at this one, like it comes down to me, Georgia's offense. I know Georgia's defense is good. But Georgia's offense, running the football, you know, Stetson Bennett, you know, LSU's going to bring a hell of a lot of pressure on Stetson Bennett. Can he get the ball out in time? Uh, can he make plays with his legs? Like this game, you know, it, it. I know it lost its luster after LSU got beat last week, but I still think this game is going to be worthwhile. I, I don't think Georgia comes in and just walks the dog. Over LSU, um, this is a proud team, and 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 also look, let's not forget too. Like LSU was picked to finish like sixth in the preseason polls, and now they're playing, and I'm talking about SEC West, and now they're playing for a title tomorrow. I just feel like LSU is going to have some extra motivation coming into this game. Um, snap and clear, you know all about that. Get past the loss, move past, get past the next one. I just feel like this one is setting up where Georgia don't better not take them lightly because Brian Kelly will have a few tricks up his sleeve, as you know, Dan. TCU 
Hey, winning in, right? I mean, there's no way if TCU wins, they're out of this with the Big 12 championship coming up, correct? So Kansas State, to me, is a team that could pop them, Dan. Like, it would not – and I think the argument goes into this. It's like the argument is, let's just say TCU loses by 10 points. Uh, Two touchdowns, maybe somebody – maybe Kansas State, Adrian Martinez, they score late in the game – it's a two-touchdown game. How does the committee look at the the two-score loss, you know, on the grand scheme of things? Do they drop them back just one spot? Like, this is one of those games where we've seen in the past we get the championship weekend and something crazy happens. This is the game that I think something crazy happens. Like, I think I'm predicting Kansas State to beat TCU. Um, uh, uh, tomorrow, I think it's at noon. I just feel like TCU has been, you know, hanging, teetering on that ledge of luck uh, over the last month. I know what they did last weekend. That's not lost on me. The Texas game, the Baylor game, there's numerous others. When does that luck finally just dry up? Does it happen tomorrow? And then you're looking at a conversation where – okay, it's the Big 12. There's not really that many decent teams on that schedule that they have played that are currently ranked in the top 25. So what's the committee do? So I I just – I look at this one, and I feel like I, I think Kansas State wins this football game. I think there is going to be hard pushing by schools like Ohio State, um, Alabama, I guess, if, the, if they wanted to. Um, and they will, uh, to push for that fourth spot. Um, and this could cause uh, a bit of discussion over the next, you know, 48 hours, Dan. I just don't think it's a layup, brother. Like, I don't think TCU's walking into that Big 12 championship game and walking out with a 21-point win or anything like that. Like, this one's going to be close, and I think Kansas State wins it. Will Howard has been the quarterback. Adrian Martinez, you know, he got hurt against Baylor. Now they say right. he's back. They're going to use him in different ways. So I, I think this, I think if TCU loses this game, they're out. I, I, I know you make a good point. They would, they're, they're third, so maybe they jump, drop a spot. I don't know. In my mind, and maybe this is big school bias, but if I'm the college football playoff, if I'm ESPN, I want – Ohio State, I want Alabama. I don't want TCU. I mean, we all like an underdog until we got to watch him play. You know what I'm saying? That's a, yeah, no, that's a good point. And you look at the, the the recent history, and I know, you know, the Cincinnati from last year, you know, a good fight um, in, in that semifinal game. But I, I just feel like overall, you know, the committee's loving the TCU moment. Okay, because it, it, it's given the Big 12 somebody different. Uh, it's not Texas. It's not Oklahoma. It's TCU fighting for this spot, not Baylor. You know, so I, I understand Max Duggan, quarterback, most likely going to be in New York City uh, for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. But to me, man, it would, I, I love chaos. And tomorrow, a loss by TCU would create chaos. I, and I don't know, man. It's going to be very interesting, Dan, when you have to look at – and the biggest thing going for TCU right now, and I give them credit for this, where Kansas State's ranked, they're ranked within the top ten. 
So if you lose a top yeah. 10 game, that's going to help them, you know, not help them, but it does help them overall saying, hey, look, we, we lost one game on the season against a top 10 team. So let the arguments begin if something crazy goes down starting at noon tomorrow. I agree with that. I Look, in Ohio State, same thing. But Ohio, look, I, here's the problem, okay? He, here, Give it to me. Well, we, we – the bar is so high. So, Ohio State, whatever they did prior – would you agree with this? Whatever they did prior to the Michigan game almost doesn't matter because they got beat so bad by Michigan. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, I think it. I think it does make sense. I, I, I have a hard time getting over the way Ohio State lost to Michigan. Yeah, I mean, they got beat up, man. And 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 it's not like they got beat up with just mistakes. You know, Michigan just ran the football on them, and and JJ McCarthy was all over the field. You know, what he did on the ground and even through the air, I'm looking at it and I'm like, this was not some close game like Tennessee, Alabama or whatnot. This was a blowout loss at home against Michigan. And when you when you get outside the realm, Dan, that seven-point loss or that field goal loss, but then you add it up and it's a double-digit loss over 20 and you're like, wait a minute, what just happened here? How can you reward a team that got beat up that bad? I The arguments are going to be there. And if we're being honest with each other, I think that Ohio State would get in if, if USC lost tonight or if TCU maybe gets blown out and they have to have a conversation. The one that's out there that's making the – trying to make the most noise is Alabama. You know, and, and to me – that sixth and seventh ranking with Alabama and Tennessee, man, it sure is convenient nowadays. So I, I just – I don't know if I trust Ohio State. I know what they can do on offense, Dan, but, man, that was a little bit of fool's gold after last weekend against Michigan. I, I'm telling you. I mean, when I more I watched that, I thought, well, you know what? This is a team that got its heart taken. You know, and I've never seen that out of Ohio State. Um Alabama, Tennessee is interesting. Let's just say complete chaos happens. I'm the guy that says, hey, look, you got to go head to head. However, I do get the side of it that says, wait, you don't go head to head. You know, head to head was a one missed kick and one made kick. Head to head is what we did all year. Where are you at with those two? I, you know, it's, it's back and forth, Tennessee, Alabama, um, you have to look at it. You have to break it down. Who won the darn game? Tennessee won the football game. Um, I, I know. I know the loss to South Carolina, um, but that was near one possession game in in the second half. You know, early in the second half before Hendon Hooker went down. And I'm not making excuses for Tennessee. Their defense was horrible that day, but I am making an excuse for them when it comes to when you go head to head. Alabama's biggest win of the season is against Mississippi State. Okay, they lost to LSU. What did Tennessee do? Tennessee went down to Baton Rouge and destroyed LSU. You just you you look at the overall schedule and Tennessee beat Alabama. I don't care how it happened, I don't care where it happened. They beat them. They have the head-to-head win. 
So how do you keep them out of that six spot compared to where they are at seven? I, I just, I, I can't rationalize it more than the, the loss to South Carolina. And that's all the committee's pointing to, the loss to South Carolina. Okay, well, go look at Alabama's games that they played. They were one play away from losing to Texas A&M. They were one play away from losing to Ole Miss. We saw how the Texas game went down in Austin, where if Texas finishes right there at the end in the final minute, they win the football game. So if we're really looking at it, Alabama hasn't played well this season, and and Tennessee has, and, and they had that loss to Georgia. I understand that. It's the number one team in the country. But I think, you know, that six and seven is a very big deal. And you know this, Dan, because of two things. You got the bowl game scenario where Tennessee could potentially go to the Sugar Bowl compared to maybe having to play in the Cotton Bowl against a UCF or a Tulane team. And nothing against those two teams. But Tennessee has done enough this year that they deserve a big-time matchup. And whether that be in the Orange Bowl against Clemson or in the Sugar Bowl, it doesn't matter. I just don't feel like their their work deserves a game in the Cotton Bowl against one of those two teams at noon on a day where there's going to be other great games going on. I just – I don't buy the committee's argument right now. I, I, I'm having a hard time with that one. Last thing before I let you go. It all The smoke clears. Uh, Sunday night, games are, are Saturday night, games are over. Sunday morning, who are your four teams in the college football playoff? Oh, Dan, Dan, Dan. Okay, all right, I'm going to go with Georgia. I'm going to go with Michigan. I'm going to go with TCU because they're going to sneak in, and I'm going Ohio State. I think, no I, I think at the end – I think at the end, Ohio State gets in. You're going to see some type of chaos uh, tonight or tomorrow. Ohio State sneaks back in. That's how it plays out. Alabama will try to be making the argument, but it won't work. Um, what, Like I said, again, what gets interesting is, is how bad, if TCU loses, how bad do they lose? Um, but right now, I just feel like we're going to see some type of loss tomorrow that probably propels Ohio State back into it. Hey, and if not, let's let's line it up and let's play it, boys. Wait, let's, hold let's on. Good- no, no, no. You think we're going to see the loss tonight that propels yeah. Ohio State back into it, right? Is that that because yes. you think USC's going down tonight? I, I I think Utah play my my pick was let's not get it all crazy here. My <laughs> pick was going to be, my pick was going to be USC wins tonight, TCU loses tomorrow. But if it comes down to it and it happens, if USC loses tonight, that's gonna propel Ohio State into that four spot immediately. So that's where it gets interesting. And then Dan, like we're gonna have like what? 14 hours to simmer on it after the game tonight? Well, what happens then if TCU gets beat by two touchdowns against Kansas State? I'm just saying we could have madness tomorrow, and I love it. Bring it on. <laughs> oh, I, I agree. I hey, Look, and I, it's not like both of those games, you know, right now I didn't see the TCU line. Well, I did. It's three and a half, and – uh, USC is a two and a half point favorite. 
you know, on a neutral field. So it's not like you're talking about two massive favorites going down. I mean, these are these are legit close games. These are not gimmies tonight. That's all I'm telling you. Pay attention. Right. Some, some craziness always I, happens on this final weekend. So I, I'm just tomorrow could be a lot of fun. Tonight could be even better. And I'm just glad we get a little taste of it tonight with the Pac-12 title. We have to wait till tomorrow. We get a little bit of it tonight. Uh, so no, I, I I'm excited for the weekend. We got the Pac-12 championship game tonight. USA is going to wake up. We're going to wake up tomorrow morning. USA is going to be the Netherlands. And then we get into a full day of college football. Go America. Bring it on. That's right. That's right. And my backside is going to go from this to this because I'm going to sit. I'm going to eat. I'm going to watch Fox because all this stuff is basically on Fox. And I can't wait, my friend. Have a wonderful weekend, Trey. Thank you, my brother. Always appreciate it. He's the bad. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't go. Don't go. The, hey, how about your podcast? You had Beamer and Danny Mullen on. Let's go. That was a that was a fun one. That was a fun one. Dan Mullen was great. Uh, then, then Shane Beamer was fantastic. I urge everybody, go check out the Trey Wallace podcast. Um, uh, it's on our show pages. Um, it's on my Twitter account, Outkick's Twitter account. It's all up there, baby. Dan Mullen and Chan Beamer in the same episode. Uh, that's a great one-two punch. So everybody go check it out. Enjoy it. Uh, and uh, Dan, I always appreciate you, buddy. I hope you. I hope it goes wide tomorrow. You're just sitting on that couch enjoying the day, baby. Oh, oh man. I may go out and stay out too late tonight so I can lay around and act like I'm hungover or sick and my, nobody bothers me. Like, ah, leave me alone. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, I got some bets for you uh, when we come back. We got some woke What a great, great dude. I got, I got some bets. I got a ton of them. By the way, I am absolutely on fire. Don't at me about Kanye West or Yee. Don't even – look, I'm looking on Twitter, and people are trying to philosophize about Kanye West. They're trying to philosophize about, well, the doctrine. Shut up. You know what? Sometimes I love my world. My world ain't that deep. My world ain't that deep even at all. My world is a world where if you're an idiot and you're a racial idiot or you're a deviant, I'm going to tell you you're an idiot. And what Kanye West did the other day was nothing short, or yesterday, with that other idiot, Alex Jones. How insane is it when Alex Jones is the sane one in the interview. Now, don't you think about that for just a hot second? You're doing an interview. A guy who has to pay billions because he's such a dumbass, Alex Jones. I mean, such a fool, Alex Jones. Has to pay billions to the Sandy Hook families, and rightfully so. Shouldn't even have a platform, if you ask me. Now, I am all about free speech, so I understand why he does. But when you're doing an interview, and that interview is with Kanye West, and you come out as the more sane person, wow. Wow. That's unbelievable. Nobody is sane 
next to Kanye West. Nobody ever now is even close to being sane next to Kanye West. Oh, geez, are you crazy? But Alex Jones seemed like the sane one in that interview. That tells you how completely out of his effing mind Kanye West truly is. And I hate it. I do. I can't stand it. Uh, I'm back on fire. Last night, we had a massive night. Uh, We did. We had a huge night last night. And that night was a gambling night. It was a parlay night. We hit a couple of them. And then we hit one late. Uh, We're going college basketball parlays. Look, when we come back, here's the deal. When we come back, we're going to talk about all of the things that we've talked about this week. But first, I'm going to give you four or five great gambling picks that you are going to go to the bank. And here's the other thing. I keep saying I'm going to do this, and I don't do it, but I need to do it. When I put a parlay together in the middle of the day because I see something, I got to get it to you. I do. And uh, you can go to at don't at me, or you can go to at Dan Dockich on Twitter this weekend. Yeah, I don't know my problem. I forget to do it. And then I go, wait a second. I hit last night. I hit Northwestern State and UCLA, a parlay late. I'm trying to help you here. I'm trying to make you money here. It's what we do on this show. So keep it right here. When we come back, I got some bets for you. I think you're going to like them. Be right back. Hey, football season is in full swing. It's time to cash in on your favorite players with Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Here's the deal simply pick two or more players and decide if they score more or less than their projections. The more players you pick, the more you can win up to 10 times your money. All first time users that deposit and use promo code Dockage will receive a 100% deposit bonus match up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100. Entries on Prize Picks can be made in seconds. They offer fast, safe withdrawals. Download it today. Don't forget to use promo code Dockage for a special welcome bonus. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's your boy, Daniel J. Dockich. Final half hour of the show this week. Of course, we'll be back at it and better than ever, as Greenberg says, on Monday. But I got to tell you, this is a monster week. The first thing that I am doing this weekend in terms of bets is I'm betting on the United States. I already bet on the United States against Netherlands. I'm telling you, I don't know squat about soccer, but I can look at a game and say, you know what? This team right here is better than that team. You know what I'm saying? This team is better and more athletic. Now, it doesn't mean I'm right about soccer. It doesn't mean the team that I deem as the best is always going to win. All right? It, it, it doesn't. But I got to tell you, I do. I, 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 I just I got to tell you, when I watch the United States play these teams, I think they're pretty good. I think they're pretty athletic. I don't know the nuances. 
I don't know if somebody is dumb for not tackling a guy taking a yellow card or he's smart. I, you guys know that. I don't. But what I see, I see a United States team that has something about them, a youthful exuberance maybe, and enough talent to go with it. So I'm going to take the United States in regular time, tie no bet. Now, you can also take them to advance. There are kicks. You see that at the bottom. The money line right now is 340. I'm going to take the United States on the money line. I'm also going to take regular time, draw, no bet, which is plus 210. I think the United States wins this. I think this is getting interesting. You've seen Germany already eliminated. Mexico, teams have been eliminated that are pretty good. I'm not, hey, look, I'm not saying the United States is going to win this. But what I am, the, the tournament, but I, what I am going to tell you is if England is in the top five, which they are, there was no difference between England and the United States. Now, the Dutch are trying. They got nothing. United States is going to win this. That's the best bet of the weekend, in my opinion. You get plus money here. You get plus money on a team that you're going to root for anyway. You get plus money on a team that you're probably, some of you, will go to a bar, cheer like crazy. It doesn't happen very often. Like, even when you took Ohio State against Michigan or Michigan and Ohio State, maybe you got Michigan for plus money, but you weren't sure. It was at Ohio State. This, I like. This, I think, is the best we, uh, bet of the weekend. The Twitter account is open. I would like to hear from you on this because I don't think, I swear to God, I don't think I'm just being, I, I, I don't think it's going to be me being United States boy. I, I don't. Like, I am United States. Boy, I think we live in the greatest country in the history of the world. I think the Biden cartel and the Biden presidency is the worst presidency in the history of my life, even worse than the Carter administration, which I never thought was possible, but it is. All right, USC tonight. I think this is an easy one. I do. I think this is the second easiest one. I understand that USC lost to Utah. I also understand that USC is a different, a different crew. I would have thought that USC would have lost one of those two games, either UCLA or Notre Dame, based on the USC that I saw earlier in the year. Here's my concern about USC. Last week against Notre Dame, who is athletic enough? They are. They're athletic enough. But last week, it was literally, and I'm not being, I, I, I'm being literal here. It was literally a Houdini act for Caleb Williams to get out of the clutches of the entire Notre Dame defense. It was, it was like a Houdini act. It was unbelievable. And he did. So now Kyle Whittingham, who is one of the most underrated coaches in the country, not only has played against Williams, beaten Williams, but now can have a week to see how a nice front seven, a nice defense got after Williams. I could see Williams having a really hard time in this game escaping. That's the one thing that gives me pause. But I just feel like USC has been through some stuff. They've battled back. They took care of business. 
put themselves in a position where they can not only win the Big 12, not only win the Heisman Trophy, but the bigger prize yet is the college football playoff, which a lot of people did not think was even possible a few weeks ago. Well, not only is it possible, you're the favorite in the game in Vegas, neutral field. Pretty good. Very good. We'll see what happens, but it all is going to come down to the pass rush of Utah. Let me just put it to you this way. These are the two defensive ends. You cannot close in and rush. You have to maintain an edge against Williams. Now, you can't be Yannick Ngakwe and just run around the quarterback like a crazy person. You got to have certain disciplines. Watch that. I'm telling you, watch that. If they do that, they being Utah, Utah will win the game. If they don't, and I don't think they're going to be able to, I think USC is going to win the game. I talked about this earlier, Purdue fans. There is a lot happening around Michigan football. And one of the things that is happening with Michigan football that we touched on earlier was this. Jim Harbaugh, regardless of what is true and what is not true, whether he has flown, been flown in by Jim Ursay to come meet at St. Elmo's, discuss the Colts coaching job, or have breakfast, which has been alleged as well, or whether he hasn't done that, it is still there over the program, Jim Harbaugh going to the Colts. It's there. And I got to tell you, the last thing that you want as a team is any, and I mean any, type of distraction. You don't want it. Jim Harbaugh leaving or potentially leaving the Colts is not a very good, or excuse me, leaving the um, no, uh, Michigan at this time is not a very good thing. It just isn't. That's number one. Number two, Blake Quorum out. He's not in. He is out. He's having surgery. The stud running back. He is gone. He will not be in the playoffs. He will not be in this game. He will be nowhere. He ain't playing. That's number two. Maisie Smith. Maisie Smith was arraigned on gun charges. Maisie Smith is a very good player. Maisie Smith faced felony gun charges in court on Thursday. Now, now he was arrested, he was processed, and he was released. All right? Nothing was made public until Thursday. Then the prosecutor said Thursday he wasn't arrested. Who knows? The question obviously becomes this. Why a month later is this guy all of a sudden getting arraigned, and why was he playing? Why was he playing? He was banned from traveling out of state, except when he is with the football team. That makes him eligible to play in the Big Ten Championship game. So this dude gets arrested for being in possession of a handgun without a valid CPA, didn't have his driver's license, and now all of a sudden, I got to tell you, I'm not saying this is the worst crime ever, but I'm going to play Maisie Smith, and everybody can complain about it. Unless there's something nefarious here, 
He had a gun. It was unregistered. He didn't have his license. Okay. Fine. Victimless crime? Don't know. Seems like. I'm playing him. You can get mad at me all you want. You get more mad if we lose. And I want my best players playing. Look, that is a 180 degree shift from where I was as a coach. You get arrested, you ain't playing. You have a problem, I, we're going to talk. You hit a woman, you're off the team. You smoke weed, you're off the team. The only one that I would hold on to that was this, two of them. One, you hit a woman, you're gone. And two, if you have a problem, we're going to talk about it. But I'm playing Maisie Smith, but it's still a massive distraction. So you got all this going on with Michigan. Harbaugh, Blake Corum, Maisie Smith, you got all this stuff. It ain't good. I'll take Purdue. And I'm going to move that line from 16 and a half to 17. I hope the line goes down. I hope the line goes 18. Look, do I think Purdue's going to win the game outright? No. I think there's a chance. Yes. I think Aiden O'Connell to Charlie Jones has to be insane. But I'll tell you this, man. I'll tell you this. When you go about the business of distraction, ton of distraction. Relative to the team entering a championship game, you got a problem. And I think they got a problem. So whatever you think, you think. That's what I think. Lastly, I think TCU rolls. I do. I watched Kansas State last week. That Will Howard is a nice player. Not great. Did a good job against West Virginia, but West Virginia sports, ever since I left in 2002 as a head basketball coach, has been a mess. I mean, Huggy Bear hasn't even come close uh, to winning a conference title. I think they snuck into one Final Four. The football team is horrendous. Neil Brown is being brought back. They got a new athletic director. I don't know what to tell you. West Virginia stinks, but Will Howard got it going in the second half. But he is not good enough. Just telling you right now. He is not athletic enough. He is not good enough to beat Kansas State. Now, if they bring in Adrian Martinez, which I believe they will, or at least I heard they were, then I got to tell you, I think you got a chance. You bring in Adrian Martinez, at least the Adrian Martinez that I saw play against Oklahoma early in the year, you got a real chance. That dude is big, strong, and in short bursts, he's really good. But I got to tell you, I don't think anybody, I don't think this team touches TCU. And as I say that, I have a little trepidation about it because TCU has pretty much lived on the edge. TCU, great comeback. We saw the kick. Sonny Dykes running his team out there to beat Baylor is unbelievable. It legitimately is unbelievable. TCU announced this week $40 million athletic upgrades. The world is TCU's oyster right there. We're just hanging out in it. We're just glad to be a part of TCU. Max Duggan is great. He should be in the Heisman conversation. He should be a guy that TCU uh, or gets invited to New York. He was 24-35, 327 yards at Baylor, and then, oh, by the way, ran for another 50. Let him down the field. Got him a touchdown. Until further notice, I'm going to take TCU. I'm going to take TCU. I think they cover the spread. In fact, I'm going to take TCU money line. Bear with me. Purdue plus 17. May have to move that up. Uh, excuse me. USC minus two and a half. TCU. Let me start again. This is the, I'm doing it right now. 
I'm taking USC on the money line to win tonight. All right? That's the first bet I'm taking. I mean, my brain is just fried. Anyway, so that's the first one I'm taking. USC on the money line to win tonight. I'm not t- I believe the two and a half, but I'm going to take them on the money line because I want to win. I'm going to give you what this parlay is going to win you. I'm going to take Purdue. I should have done this earlier, but I didn't. Purdue is now at plus 17. I'm going to take that. All right? Uh, where's TCU here? I'm going to take TCU on the money line. And then, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take the United States of America draw no bet uh, in regular time, and it is a parlay worth 23. Nope, I'm sorry, never mind. No, 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 no. Draw no bet. It is a parlay worth $1,600, and I am going to put $100 on it to win $1,740. That's what I'm going to go. $1,740.68. USC money line, Purdue plus 17. TCU money line. And USA tie no bet in regulation. What I'm saying is, is that USA is going to either win the game in regulation or USA tied in regulation is going to eliminate it. That's the bet. I'll say it again because I understand I mumble, stumble, and fumble at times. Four-leg parlay, USC tonight money line. So we can all go south tonight. Purdue plus 17. Too much noise. Too much noise around Michigan. Quorum out. Harbaugh to the Colts possibly, right? That guy, Maxie, Maisie, whatever, arrested. Too much noise. Too much. Too much. TCU, good win uh, tomorrow. And then 10 o'clock in the morning, USA. So by noon tomorrow, I will have one half of the parlay. What will happen then is they will try to, ladies and gentlemen, they will try to buy me out. I'm not buying out tomorrow. I'm going to win $1,600. I'm going to take my family to Sizzler, and our toes are going to be freaking tapping. That's it. Don't at me. Don't at me. All right. Let's go. Who's our woke-a-dope of the day? Who we got here? That's unbelievable. That, that, this is the most unbelievable story in the history of stories, all right? When, if you don't know the story, all right, if you don't know, because we all want to know sex of people, a dude named Sam Britton or a girl or a cross, I have no idea what Sam Britton is, says, or whatever. Sam Britton is a Biden administration employee, one of the federal government's first gender non-binary officials. Sam has been accused of stealing a traveler's luggage from the Minneapolis airport. uh, $2,325 is what the baggage was worth. A Vera Bradley suitcase. So this idiot decides, using his they, them, me, him, her, whatever the hell pronouns, 
was captured on video grabbing the luggage, removing its ID tag, identifying the owner. They were seen using the Vera Bradley suitcase on two occasions while traveling to D.C. So this little criminal, Sam Britton, gets arrested. Now, Sam is one of the most creepy-looking people on the face of the earth. I don't care. I'm just saying, and that's intentional. Sam wants you to see a beard with lipstick and all this stuff. Good for Sam. I don't care. But what I do care about is protecting government officials when they have been clearly involved in corruption. So the Biden administration will not answer questions whether this clown, Sam Britton, is still being paid. You know the answer to that, of course. Because if you are non-binary, you are above persecution. Oh my God, you're so cool. You're so smart. I can't believe it. Oh my God. Sam Britton, you're so chic. You're so hip. There you go. There's your guy, Sam Britton. I don't give a damn if you wear a dress. I don't give a damn if you put lipstick on your mustache. I don't give a damn that you're starving for attention that badly. That's on you. We all got our things. But if you're the president of the United States and you hired this idiot to be in the nuclear waste or whatever the hell nuclear this person is in, and they go about stealing baggage, have the stone sack up at least to tell said idiot, look, I don't give a damn if you're binary. I don't give a damn if you're non-binary. I don't give a damn if you identify as a cockatoo. Your ass is fired. That's it. Hey, you could be me. And if I go about the business of stealing someone's uh, luggage, which really violates the living hell out of all of us, because we all think that, man, this doesn't seem right. Somebody could grab my luggage. Airports don't really check it. I'm telling you, this is a violation, a big violation. But the Biden cartel never, ever, ever would think to punish said idiot because in the Biden cartel, said idiot being non-binary, you get protected. You are protected. If you have any type of diversity, you are protected. It's kind of the way society has gone, and that's fine. I got no problem about it. But if you're in the government and you are a government official, which means tax dollars go to pay for your sorry ass, and you do what this guy, girl, whatever Sam did, your ass should be fired. Now, you can change, what do you guys say, the narrative, the goalposts, and say, well, Dan, you're being disrespectful by saying whatever that person, I don't know what that person is, and that ain't the point. The point is simply this. If you are a government official, and you're skeezy enough to steal $2,300 in luggage from somebody else, a taxpayer in this country, your ass should be fired, and I hope your ass goes to jail. I don't give a damn what jail you go to. I don't give a damn what bathroom you pee in. Your ass should go to jail, period. Period. Back to my original thought on this. Look, kids out there, I'm tired of you. And this is an old man guy. I'm tired of you transfer. I'm tired of you giving these big old proclamations about, well, I'll always be a dog. I'll always be a Purdue Boilermaker. Uh, no, you won't. No. I was always horrible with guys that transferred. I'm not going to lie to you. I got one little guy got so mad at me 
uh, at one of my players' weddings because we took a picture of everybody that played for me. And then I said, hey, how about the guys that transfer? Get the hell out of the picture. One guy got so, so, so mad at me. I mean, he got blanked off like you can't believe. And he was drunk as hell. You suck. Are you mother blank? I'm like, hey, man, what do you want me to tell you? What do you want me to tell you? You quit. There's no reason for the guy to quit, but he quit. And then when you call him on it, he gets mad. And let me reiterate some facts for you. 2019, uh, 2019, 2020, 4,757 kids entered the transfer portal. 1,700 found a new home. That's 38%. I'm going to go through this quick. 2021, 6,250 kids entered the transfer portal. 2,575 found a better fit or found a fit, not even a better fit. That's 41%. Same numbers, basically. 8,200 in 21-22 football prospects transferred. Only 3,332 found a home. That's 41%. So the last three years, 19,217 football players transferred. Only 40% found a home. Now I got to tell you, I don't know what to tell you, but you're not going to hear this from anyone else. You are not going to hear from anyone else this. You're going to hear from the boys on ESPN, the little kids that used to be players that none of you heard of, how great the transfer porter is because all these little white guys, they want to save their jobs. They don't want to upset anybody. You're not going to hear from any big shot people on radio or TV because, well, frankly, they don't have the stones. That's why I love OutKick. Transfer portal is not great. When 60% of the kids don't find a home, that means there is a chance. I don't know the numbers on this, but there is a chance that 60% of the kids lost a scholarship, lost a chance at a free education. If my colleagues at ESPN or wherever think that's a good thing, then God bless you. But this is one of the reasons coaches are saying uh, this is idiotic. It's not because coaches want to limit players. It's not because coaches want to protect their own. 99% of the coaches that I know, maybe I hung in a weird crowd, they gave a rats about players. They just simply did. They cared about players. They cared about education. Ask any person that ever worked for me as an academic counselor. They did not like me because I put pressure on them every day. What's going on? What happened? Because I knew more about it than them, particularly at Bowling Green. So I put pressure on them every single day. Said, hey, where are we? Why? What? Where? How come? You won't hear this. The media is so crazy woke. College sports were kissing the ass of 18 to 23-year-olds. It's insane. Let me ask you a very simple question. Very, very simple. What other industry, what other industry did you see, do you see, other than maybe the Nickelodeon industry, what other industry kisses the backsides to 18 to 23-year-olds? I don't know. Last thing, my losers of the week. I got winners of the week, and yet they're yet to come. The United States soccer team, Christian Pulisic, winners of the week. Restaurant I went to last night, the livery, the library, up here off of exit 210, winner of the week. Loser of the week, losers of the week, anybody that says, yeah, but Trump. I don't want to hear it. 
Let's just deal with what we're dealing with in our society. And that is the current administration. Yeah, but Trump did this. Yeah, but no, there's no yeah, buts. None. Loser of the week, ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you, our very own Jeff Saturday, call a timeout, get yourself going, uh, act like you've been there, know a little something about football. I don't want to hear you leader of men. I don't want to hear how I might be good at this or I might not be good at this. I know people that paid $7,500 for season tickets. They ain't waiting for you to get good at it. Just get good at it. Not saying you got to win every game, but just get good at it. That's all I got. Other winner of the week, Indiana University men's basketball. Indiana University men's basketball, unbelievable win against North Carolina. We're back, baby, and I don't want to hear another thing about it. I'm serious. I am. Biggest loser, all-time loser, will never bounce back from it, at least I hope not, Kanye West, a.k.a. Yee. You think about the wake that guy has left. Now Chris Paul gets brought into this about allegedly stooping the apparently I'll stoop anyone, Kim Kardashian. Think about that. You're sitting there, you're having breakfast. Now, Paul's been married for a long time. Paul's got young kids. So this idiot decides he's going to bring in an affair. I don't care who stoops who. It doesn't matter to me. I'll let you guys worry about that. But damn. Guy can't even enjoy his Frosted Flakes in the morning without some crazy person bringing up something that he may or may not have done from years gone by. Y'all are nuts. Biggest also loser, LeBron, I love you. You're a great basketball player. Loved recruiting your teammates at St. Vincent, St. Mary's. But I don't care how many media people bend over backwards. I don't care what they do. It doesn't matter to me. I got to tell you, it doesn't. It does not matter to me even a little bit your thoughts. Uh, The Ukraine, give me your thoughts, please. Give me your thoughts on China making your shoes, slave labor making your shoes. Give me your thoughts on camps in China where they are literally, we showed the video, dragging people out of their homes to go to these camps. Give me your thoughts on that. I don't give a damn your thoughts on a picture from 65 years ago. If that makes me a bad guy, that makes me a bad guy. Give me your thoughts on things relative to the NBA, maybe politics, and I'm welcome. But I don't care whether you think Jerry Jones from 65 years ago was good, bad, happy, or sad. Tell me about China, LeBron. Tell me why your shoes are made with slave labor. Tell me why your league is in bed. Tell me, as Ennis Cantor said, tell me why so many of the NBA players immediately go to China after the season. Hey, you tell me about that. Tell me why President Biden, 1977, made some egregious racial slurs, but I haven't heard anything about it. Look, you think Jerry Jones is bad? You got a big-time platform. Say it. I'll listen. I always listen. That's me. Hey, Tyler, thanks for helping out this week with Ryan being out. Dylan, another great week. Aaron and Dylan and Davey and everybody involved. Corey getting this whole setup. I got to do something about my eyes. Either that or I got to wear shades because these lights are killing me. Have a great weekend. And what a weekend it is. USA. USA. See ya.